there and welcome to the Sets and Rest podcast. My name is Andy Morales and I am your host. This is season one, episode one, and today's special guest is a master's kinesiology student. He is a certified personal trainer with over seven years of experience, and he is a competitive powerlifter. Mr. David Alvarez, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on. And I reached out to you about the idea of, you know, being the the first guest on the show. And so that didn't really work out. And so now we're here finally doing it. And I'm just grateful that you're here. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to do it. I've never been on a podcast, but something I'm looking forward to. Tell me, David, you are a personal trainer who has been in the industry for seven years how did you get your foot through the door and how has your career evolved to the present now? Um, so I started working at LA Fitness as a personal trainer. So that's kind of where I started. And when I first started, uh, it was more just about teaching people how to do the exercises and creating like a very simple program to like carry them through. And then as I started learning more and more, the programs that I could make kind of got more like specific, specialized and tailored. Like before it was just like general stuff, teaching them what they wanted to learn. But over the years, I've kind of started to learn more about like powerlifting, specific strength training, power training. So I've been able to make more specific programs to help people reach their goals in like a timely manner. And then also more like have a periodized program so when I first started at like LA Fitness, we would just keep kind of cycling through workouts and then kind of change it as they got bored of it. But now I kind of have like a more of a long-term approach out there. There, that, there is like a different space in creating a program when at the start of your career. And then once you get more tools under your belt, you start expanding into things like, like you said, just getting into the resistance training program, starting you know, a bare bones skeleton and then expanding on that. I think that's just a really great way to further refine your tool set. So, um, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because when I first started working out, I used to think of things as just like one workout. Like, we're just going to go and do a leg day. The next day, we're going to go do an upper body workout. But now I think of it like you can still do those splits, but I think more of it is, okay, we're going to have four weeks where we're focusing on these things. We're going to use these specific exercises to help build us a base. The following four weeks, we're going to start to get a little more specific. And then the last few weeks, we'll start to taper out a little more to get those specific goals. So I just thought that was a lot cooler as my career got further on. It went from just designing one workout at a time to thinking of maybe 12 weeks in advance. But that would be more with like advanced individuals, obviously with the beginner you can't really plan out that far just because so many things could change. Like, Right. Yeah, like, yeah you have different uh, lifestyle factors that you got to consider in, right? There's holidays that you got to work around when it comes to resistance training and planning certain lifting days. And uh, that really does kind of put a hamper on things when you prescribe and, or develop your own uh, program for mm -hmm. an individual, for sure. Yeah, like I remember at LA Fitness, I'd uh, I'd get someone new and I'd be like, okay, great. I'm going to do all these things with them. We're going to plan it out weeks in advance. And then you never see them again. Right. So I'm like, I spent all that time 
So like when I have someone new, not that I'm not, I am thinking in advance, but I'm just like taking it week by week. Exactly. Because the programming is a lot simpler for like a novice individual because they'll adapt so easily. Right. But that was a, that was a total bummer. You get someone new, you're like, oh, we're in your head. You're like, we're going to do all these things. You're making your like spreadsheet or your Word document. Exactly. You got it ready, and then they never show up again. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> all right, there it goes. There it goes, you know, what four weeks of training could have been, and yeah. then now you're going to have to dial it back. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so like I was saying, like I started LA Fitness, and then once uh, the pandemic hit, um, the gyms closed down, and I slowly started to buy gym equipment. Right. And I started training people in my backyard. Oh, sweet. And then the gyms kept opening and closing, opening and closing. Mm. And I talked to a lot of my clients and eventually were like, would you guys be comfortable training outside of LA Fitness long term? And they said yes. So then I went and found a space where I could, just like a a gym I could rent space at and train my clients and kind of be on my own. Of course. That was like a big change, being able to do that because... I could do longer sessions. I could be more selective with who I train, and I could get a lot more uh, like uh, serious people that right. I could use these long-term plans with. Definitely, yeah. Because when you're under the umbrella of like, let's say, LA Fitness, and obviously they're a big corporation, when you take the leap and you go private, you don't realize how uh, lenient things are. Uh, when working under like LA Fitness versus when everything you have to do is on your own in a private space, right? Not only do you have to create, you know, lengthen exercise programs, but you have motivated clients, right? Like you said, and you now have to worry about X amount of rent or however the payment goes between you and a private gym. And so uh, it's very scary to leap at first and making that big transition. Yeah, it definitely is, especially at first. And then you're like, you kind of start getting some irrational thoughts. You're like, what happens if all my people decide to stop training at once? Oh, <laughs> And then yeah. like, at least I think that's like very rare, but like it's a thought that goes through your head. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, um, but like I've been fortunate enough where mostly everyone stayed and like new people have come in. But right, I felt like as soon as I left LA Fitness and I went, onto my own space it was like really worth it for like my own development it was worth it for my clients and i felt that it was easier to sell people on training and bring more people in and mm-hmm. i also learned that a lot of my clients were more willing to help me find new clients like they're more willing to recommend new people oh referrals to, yeah referrals picked up a lot compared to la fitness right and why do you think that is um, I think one part of it is that with LA Fitness, it's usually a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a really tough sell, like, convincing someone to train for a year and put up all that money up front. Right. And when I'm private, when I first started, I just charged, like, one week in advance, which is, like, a super limited commitment. Right. And I've been fortunate enough, like, people would stay for years anyways. So I feel like it was a much easier sell. Definitely. That lower commitment. The sessions were longer that I offered. So LA Fitness would do 25-minute sessions, which is, like, for me, really short. Right. That's, like, basically nothing. I do at least 50 minutes. And then I think uh, the quality of my training got better because I had more freedom. I had longer sessions. 
So those things helped a lot. And I think another part of it is, I don't know for sure, but I'm just assuming, I think the fact that I was willing to go out on my own and kind of take that risk that my client's more more willing to help me. Uh, is yeah. I think they rather help like an individual than help belly fitness. Nothing against them because, you know, it's a great place to start. But I just think my clients more were more willing to help me than a corporation. Yeah, and that's just like a testament to go and, and show what type of personal trainer you are, right? Because I'm pretty sure you impacted them in a positive way. And if they see, you know, the value that you bring and whether that's being, you know, hitting specific performance goals or uh, even um, training to become better at a certain daily activity movement that's in their lives, you know, they don't want to stop and, you know, and stop their training and you know just completely halt or find someone else like they would rather stick to you because obviously you've been working with them and and it's just it's just a better environment if you go into the private one-on-one setting yeah definitely a way better environment like one like we rarely have to wait for equipment now right people like um like there's a lot less people in the gym too so people really appreciate that as well yeah the private setting Mm -hmm, yeah and is that, was that like something that you encountered uh, frequently at LA Fitness? Is is waiting for equipment or how, how was that? Did you work around that? Uh, yeah, definitely. So like if it was peak hours and you wanted a squat rack or you wanted to use the bench press, like they're always taken and you were hoping you'd get to work in with someone, but you'd have to change things on the fly very often. So like right. one thing that we'd come up, like one thing I'd come across at peak hours is like, if we wanted a bench press, we'd probably have to end up floor pressing just because, like, we couldn't get a bench. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'd always have to change the workouts, and I'd have to have a backup plan and then another backup plan, just depending on what was available. Right. And and I bet that's very, not annoying, but I, I, I guess, like, infuriating. Or I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, if I was a client and, you know... I, and I was training with you, I think the first thing comes to mind, like, why can't, you know, why can't I use a bench press or like, why, you know, why, just tell them something. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, I guess you can as a fitness employee, like fitness, but it's very difficult because um, that's kind of like out of your control a little bit. Uh, yeah. So luckily, like when I was there, I mainly had gen pop people. So they weren't super specific about what exercise they wanted to do. But now that I do have people who are more specialized and who are really focused on increasing their squat, their bench, or their deadlift. Right. If we come in on their on one of their bench-focused days and we can't barbell bench, like that'd be a pretty big problem now. But luckily, I don't encounter that. Right, thank so, goodness. So that's like one of the benefits of going into the private space if I want to train someone who's a power lifter or someone who just really wants to increase their bench, their squat, and their deadlift. Right. I can train those movements on a consistent basis and not worry about having to wait or change those exercises out. Yeah, everything is very structured. Everything is well thought out, planned ahead in advance. And, you know, you're not going to be like, hey, you know, so-and-so, can I, you know, can I use this or jump in with you? So that that's not that doesn't occur at the private training setting for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Nothing we – we don't encounter that, no. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads to uh, – that kind of leads into my segue uh, because, you know, as a fellow personal trainer in the industry, I have my own philosophy of creating exercise programs from the exercise selection to the modalities of training down to the implements. And so 
I guess my question to you is, is there a specific method of program design that inspires you when you create exercise programs in your own line of work and possibly when looking at research? Um, so like in my own line of work, I guess very early on, well, not early on, but like about halfway through my training journey, I guess, like about three years in a personal training, I should say. Right. I found a starting strength. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you know what starting strength is? Uh, when you say starting strength, do you mean like relative strength? Oh, no. So starting strength is like, it's a book by Mark Ripito and he opened gyms called Starting Strength Gyms. And it's a super like linear model it's just right. and super specific. So it's just squat, bench, deadlift, three sets of five on the three exercises, except for the deadlift. I think deadlift, they go one by five. Mm-hmm. And you add five pounds each session and you keep repeating the exercises. Right. So super linear, super simple. Right. So early on, well, halfway through my training journey, so like three and a half years in, mm-hmm. that's something I was using with my clients, something that I really liked. Right. Um, and there's still a lot of that influence in my training, except I'm a little more flexible, even though that model worked extremely well. So I guess the philosophy now is like, with everyone I have, we're going to do a squat variation a pressing variation and a hinging variation. And early on, we'll, I like to use sets of five, sets of eight work as well, but I just like sets of five. Right. And we'd add weight each session. So I, I'd say starting strength. And Mark Ripito had a really heavy influence early on. For sure. And then uh, more recently and in the last few years, kind of like Andy Baker and some of his training programs is something I've used. Right. Uh, have you heard of Andy Baker? Andy Baker, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Oh, okay. Well, he also helped with starting strength, but he, uh, I don't know if he invented it, but he used the heavy light medium model and he explains it really well. And it's kind of, it's still a linear approach, but like, right. it's over a longer period of time with more variety and more volume. Okay. And that's something I've started to use more of in the last few years. Yeah, so when you say uh, a lot more variety, is that like in the exercise selection and and the volume, like sets and reps? Or I don't know if you, um, you know, further explain a little bit more. Um, So variety-wise, like sets and reps as well. And then he also advocates for more accessory work as well. Mm, okay. So like I was saying with like starting strength early on, your squat benching, deadlifting, and I think, yeah, you use the shoulder press in there as well. Shoulder press. But with heavy light medium, you can start working in different variations. Like Wednesday is your light day. So instead of just back squatting light, you could front squat light if you'd like instead. You close grip bench instead of regular benching. You can dumbbell bench. So just more variety in sets, reps, and accessory work. Yeah, definitely. That's great because, um, like you mentioned, I, uh, I can see your your progress from starting until now. And it feels like, to me, it sounds like you're having a little bit more fun with it when you're training your own clients. That's that's kind of like the vibe I get where, you know, on Tuesday, you know, we'll, we'll do one one variation of the bench press. And then the next week, we're like, all right, let's switch it up and then do this one. So it's, it's just really, um, it's, it's really, uh, as a fellow personal trainer, I, I really admire that. Uh, about you and see seeing your creative process and creating a program design routine exercise routine 
Yeah, like early on, like I was saying before, when I first started, it would just be very general. And then there was the starting strength stuff, which was like super specific, very few exercises. And then I've started to use more variety, um, mainly because I have stronger people now and they're more advanced and they're going to require more variety. They're going to require more time before I can add weight on the bar. Right. So it's something that I've just kind of learned over the years that like, I guess I've learned a more sophisticated way of doing it. Even though starting strength works extremely well for beginners, it's kind of nice to learn more methods to deal with intermediate people, to deal with advanced people. Right, for and, sure. And then to kind of use those methods a little bit with the beginners too, just to cover some areas that maybe the super specific plan doesn't cover, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, when you have a specific level of, uh, you have different populations of different athletic backgrounds. And so you, you got to be really mindful about, you know, introducing some sort of exercises and the amount as well, because you don't want, you know, to crush them the first day. <laughs> and when you're working with your advanced athletes, you don't want to do too little. And that has the opposite effect for sure. Yeah. And then there's also like, for the lack of a better term, there's the business aspect of it too, where some people are really interested in different exercises right. and it's more fun for them to do different exercises. So like, um, I had some beginners that they really wanted to learn how to use the leg press and there's nothing wrong with it. I really liked using the back squat, but yeah. some people were just really interested in learning how to use the leg press. So. We'd right. start with the leg press and we'd use it a lot. You know, we'd still see great results. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to do something else just because for me, it was more fun with the back squat. Right. It was a preference, but people want to learn how to use the leg press. So I had to start working in different things. And, you know, we still saw good results. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just preferences. But from a business aspect of it, it was also important to incorporate things that your clients want to do and that get your clients excited to work out. Yeah, definitely. Get them motivated, right? Ready to crush a day, be on top of the world. That's kind of like the feeling, you know, be the, their, you know, their cheerleader and motivate them on as, as best as you can. And that's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's funny sometimes with exercise selection, like even when you know certain things that they want don't like make sense or aren't right, but you still kind of have to give into it just because it'll make them happy. Right. So I had some people... <laughs> Um, they, one of their goals was to lose weight, which is totally fine. And they really wanted to spot reduce. Spot reduce. Ah. In, the, in their stomach area. Yeah. Which, you know, I totally get it. You know, nothing wrong with that. But they were convinced that they had to do specific ab work in order to spot reduce that area. Right. Get the results that they want. And they were very adamant about doing exercises like that. Huh. So I had to make sure to get it in just because they really, really wanted to do it. Now, right. I, I never told them that it was going to spot reduce. I would never say that because, you know, it's just not honest. Yeah. But I would still do the exercise because they wanted to do it so badly and they were so convinced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it makes sense, right? If if you, you think about it in their perspective, it's like, well, you know, the only way to get great abs or great six, eight pack is to do abs, right? And so that's kind of like the logical um i guess explanation explanation that i could i could think of yeah it was it was funny it was like a like i said for the lack of a better term it was a, it was a business decision it's a business move yeah but I, I think a better way of saying it is to 
Im- improve enjoyment and increase adherence to the program. Because, mm. like, I feel like one thing that I've learned, especially in the last two years, I'm like, obviously, there's multiple ways to get people the results they want. Definitely. And one way to do great in training is to, one, obviously get people those results, and two, do it in a way that they really enjoy it. Yeah. So that's something I think I've been getting better at. For sure. I'm like, I have my preferences. Obviously. Which is fine, I think. But I have to make sure that I'm doing things that they enjoy and find ways to reach their goals and do things that they enjoy. You know? Does yeah. that make sense? That, that, that does make sense because I find myself, the way you explained it, it I, I kind of follow and adhere to that same moral principle is if I'm training a client and I'm prescribing them an exercise that I don't even like and I know <laughs> I hate doing and I'm not even going to do it. Like why, you know, th- put that into their exercise routine if, you know, I don't enjoy it. And so it's like, you know, you got to, I guess, you know, pick and choose your battles as, you know, you got to kind of appease them a little bit here and there. But as you mentioned, you know, adherence, that's like the number one thing because that's what clients come back to is they want to come back for training. They enjoy the exercise session and they're seeing great results on top of it. And so it's obviously, you know, a plus that I have to keep on continuing training with you. Yeah, like obviously it's still important to create a program that's going to help get to their goals. Right. Like I'm not saying to ditch all of that just to do things that are fun in the gym, but like you got to have to find a way to do both. Yeah, definitely. You got to do a, a very delicate balancing act between the two. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> and obviously make sure to never lose an effective program or, or lose adherence. Yeah. Have you ever had a, uh, I don't know, like if you want, if you're comfortable sharing, you know, a story where, you know, uh, it just didn't work out between you and a client, like, you know, maybe like a week into the program, they just thought, hey, like maybe this isn't, you know, the best, you know, partnership between us. I don't know if like that's ever uh, occurred or happened in, in your uh, career. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it, it's something that's going to happen to an, any trainer. They're going to come across it. So, yeah, I had some people, they signed up for training. And this was more so when I was at LA Fitness, but it could still happen now. Right. And their thoughts of training was, I'm going to push you super hard. You're going to get super tired all the time. I'm going to push you to the brink. It's going to be high intensity. You know, they're expecting like a drill sergeant. They're oh, expecting wow. it to be like a boot camp. Right. They're expecting to be drenched in sweat, exhausted each time. And then when I came in, which is like, okay, we're going to be focused on learning these movements. Mm-hmm. We're going to get focused on being comfortable with these movements and progressing these movements slowly. Right. And that was not what they signed up for. So they're like, this right. is terrible. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, at first, I'm like, oh, I'm like, they suck. Right. But, that's your first thought. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, I think the way I'm doing it is fine. And I think if people want to go about it a different way, that's also fine. We're just not a good match. Yeah. 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 I, I, I believe that, that, you know, finding the right match and recognizing when to kind of like pick and choose that battle of like, do I really want to advocate and, you know, fight towards this relationship and keep training this individual? Or, or do I want to kind of like step back and have someone else kind of take over or, maybe send a referral to someone else or even a location. I know they have plenty of, you know, boot camps now and they're super popular and they offer 
that style of training, which isn't bad, but um, it's a great way, you know, to get your exercise in. And it's a fun way of doing it with other people, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I had that person, like again, just going back to when I was younger, I'm like, well, like the boot camp, it's not very specific, right? Like, uh, right. let's say you want to get really strong. <laughs> like, let's say you want to build up to a 400 pound squat. Okay. The boot camp isn't going to get you there. Let's say you really want to develop like certain areas of your physique. Right. The boot camp might not get you there. It's not like specific to it. Exactly. And that's how I thought when I was younger. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, maybe the boot camp can't get you those goals. Right. But for that person, they just want to be active. Right. And yeah. it's going to be fun for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to go do it with their friends maybe. And it's going to keep them consistent. Yeah. And they're going to stay active. So, yeah, it's like a perfect fit. Maybe it's not like as specific as I would personally want it to be. Right. And at first that was frustrating, but... Now that I'm a little older, I'm like, you know, yeah, it's not as specific, but it, it's a, it beats it beats the hell out of doing nothing. Exactly. So yeah. now I'm not as annoyed with that. Right. You're, you're not kind of like Eric, like, you know, why? I guess it's kind of like a pride thing, too, because I share that I share that same perspective, too. And when I was with Elephant, I was like, well, you know, why would you not want to do private training? Like, you know. You know, this is one-on-one and everything is specialized. And, you know, some people, you know, aren't just aren't that excited and they want to, you know, venture out and get a good, you know, class setting group exercise routine. And and that's fine as well. So um, I I think still to this day, I still I still share that same sentiment. I'm like, uh, like, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's that's yeah, that's funny that you that you brought that up. Yeah. And I think um that's something every trainer's going to run into and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think like also being honest is also helpful too. Right. So like I remember uh, at LA Fitness, I'd get some people who were promised very unrealistic goals. Oh no. Un- um, so, you know, like some people would come in talking about a rapid weight loss. Right. And then... You know, they come in like, oh, I want to lose X amount of pounds. Right. And and they they told me I could do it in X amount of time. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, like, you know, it's not like, you know, we should take a slower approach. Right. Um, make sure it's like a consistent, something we can do consistently. And some people really didn't like that. Uh, and they're like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm going to go find another trainer that can help me lose 50 pounds in a month. Wow. 50 pounds <laughs> in a month. Oh, man. If... <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I don't know if that was the exact number, but I just knew it was a number that Something probably outrageous. wasn't healthy. Yeah, no, for sure, no. And like, I'm not bashing on the client there. The, the the clients going to a professional. I mean, they're coming to LA Fitness. They're 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 willing to put in the time and the work. And unfortunately, they were misled by someone yeah. in the sales staff. So the problem here, I'm not bashing on the client. I'm just saying. There was a miscommunication along the lines that yeah that they were promised in the contract and promise with the uh, introduction of personal training that this could facilitate my goals of losing 50 pounds in a month, which uh, is, is not realistic and very, very uh, dangerous for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. And I've encountered that too in LA fitness where there is a lot of kind of um, not like outrageous, but like very, uh, you know, um, What's that, that, that 
that phrase, uh, stretching, stretching the lie or, um, you know, basically creating like a cartoon fantasy, you know, promise and yeah, you as a trainer having to deal with that. Yeah. So I, I feel like as a trainer, like that's something everyone's going to run into. They're going to run into a client, like I was saying, that won't be a good match. Right. For sure. And it's nothing against the client. It's nothing against the trainer. It's just people are looking for different things and there's nothing with, there's nothing wrong with running into that. Yeah, no. Right. And, and, it, and it provides a great opportunity to kind of, like you said, dial it back, um, have like an honest heart to heart conversation with your client and kind of say like, hey, you know, let's let's dial this back and maybe lose, I don't know, like 0.5 pounds or one pound a week. And, yeah. then, we'll, and, then, and then from there, we'll see and track uh, your results over time. And um, I, I think that that's like the beauty of personal training is, you know, you, you, there's a lot of uh you know, uh, educational opportunities that could last, you know, that you provide to your clients and they can carry that for a lifetime. Yeah. And then another thing that happened as well, um, was, well, they never said this, but it just kind of felt like it. Um, they're like, Oh, I wanted more. They never said it, but it felt like they wanted more variety in the program or they're tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And then like, at first I'm like, I'm like, Oh, well, we have to do this over and over again to get better at it, you know? Right. And, and we're still adapting really well from it, so why not keep it? You know, we're doing well with it. Let's run it for a little longer. That's how I thought at first. Uh, and then now that I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe that program still is working. Right. But, yeah, someone's getting bored. I got to find a way to keep our progress going and to bring in new stuff as well. Right, reinvigorate their motivation and, uh, you know, c- continue to sell and uh, promote that buy-in between the two. Yeah, so, like, that's a, that's another thing I learned from having people not want to train with me anymore. Because mm. I was, cause, well, at least I think. They never said it, but that's just what it felt like because they got bored of doing the same thing. Right. And, like, yeah, like like I was saying, you're going to have clients that aren't a fit and maybe sometimes it's it's a client and their goals and what they want. But maybe other times it's like, okay, what can I do? What can I learn to maybe like, what can I learn to meet their needs as well? Right. As long as it's honest and ethical, of course, within reason. Within reason. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. And you want to continue, you know, bringing more to the table and and show them that like, hey, like this could be fun, you know, squats doing, you know, this way or doing a front squat versus a back squat or even holding the dumbbell like overhead and performing a squat that way, you know, could, could suffice and uh, excite them and provide kind of like a new different stimulus that they're not accustomed to. And it'll provide them the feeling like, yeah, like this is tough. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you brought this up or like, oh, like, you know, you made it look so easy and it turns out it's not, it's like very difficult. And so I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's crazy how, um, you know, you, you're continuing to raise the bar and continue to buy in and it's great, you know, it just shows like the relationship that you have between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I think we'll close on that. Um, thank you so much, David. Um, having an opportunity to connect and chat with you is a real treat and i wanted to say thank you again for coming onto the podcast yeah uh, thank you for having me on thank you for tuning in to the sets and rest podcast 
This is a special passion project of mine and the hope is to shed light on the amazing stuff that aspiring and established fitness professionals are currently working on. Don't forget to leave a review and share any positive feedback that you might have to improve the podcast, please. Alrighty, wrapping it up and see you guys later. Goodbye.